June is Pride Month and to kick off our Pride celebrations on the Bellissimo Files, we are joined by a queen who studied opera, was voted Miss Congeniality of her season of Drag Race. Her sponge costume has become iconic. She is the first double crown winner of Drag Race and on the 11th of June, she'll be releasing her single, Love Like This. It is the one, it is the only, Monet Exchange. Monet, <laughs> I am so thrilled to have you on the Bellissimo Files. Thank you for having me. You know, um, I consider myself a, not a, not a, uh, um, a UK Ireland transplant, but I feel like my heart is there. I love being in that part of the world. And um, yeah, so I'm very thrilled to be to be doing this. Well, we love having you on this side of the world and we haven't been able to have you here in the last 18 months for obvious reasons. No, I was there in, De I was there, De I was there in November, December doing um, Death Drop on, on the West End. But that was in the UK, yeah. We need you here uh, in Ireland. Yeah, true, 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 true. Tell me about Death Drop. What was that like? Dead Drop was really fun, you know. Um, it was it was it was such a bummer. I mean, again, but going into it, we kind of knew that you know the world was kind of things were changing like weekly. Like so, there was always a possibility that we wouldn't get to do the entire thing. So we all knew that going in. But we had this whole long rehearsal process in November, and I'm putting all this time and energy into it. And then we got a week of previews, and we did a week of the show, and then it all came crashing down um, because of. Uh, um, COVID and now it's going on and I couldn't join because of scheduling stuff and in this new iteration of it but it was still a blast doing it for those a uh, couple of weeks uh, back in the winter. How have you coped with COVID because I know our queens everything has been shut so they've taken it online which is great but it's not the same so what have you been doing? Yeah, you know, um, a lot, I've been doing a lot of things digitally and thank God um, I and be, back in the States with um, they would to do, I did some commercials for VH1 and stuff like that. And they would just send uh, a box of electrical equipment that I had to kind of sort through and figure out and set up green screens and set up these things to record all this stuff at home. So luckily I was still able to work, but it definitely has been so different. And But honestly, I think maybe for the good, because a lot of the world is, I think even after COVID, things may remain a, a bit digital for a while. And people are, because people are realizing they don't have to, um, take their pajamas off to make money from home they can just just get dressed from the neck up or the the chest up or the waist up yeah. and still do their job successfully so um that's been quite the same journey for me and a lot of queens just getting in drag from the waist up and living their lives online has been great because it's allowed us to do things that as you said you know we haven't been able to do but there is sure. nothing like the live performance is there like what do you get when you are dressed up on stage you know, honestly, live performing is, there definitely is nothing like it. You know what I mean? And honestly, like from the end of, end of last year, like 20, like 2019 going into 2020, um, I was definitely making more of a commitment to perform more of my own music live because like other queens, I'm so guilty of just lip syncing to other artists' songs and top 40 stuff. But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm recording all this music and I'm doing all this music. So I definitely want to start um, centering that and performing that because people wanted to hear it. So it was literally as I started making that switch, it's like the world's like we're shutting down. I was like, is the world sending me a sign? Or... <laughs> um, but no, so I definitely am happy to get back out there and performing my own music live for people to hear and listen to. Well, tell me. 
Yeah, well, tell me about love like this because I haven't been able to hear it yet and I'm dying to hear it. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I've been working on this new album for about a year and a half. It's been such a long process and writing your own music, you, you don't realize how hard it is until you really sit down there and do it and do a studio time. And love like this came about because, you know, my family is from St. Lucia and I grew up in St. Lucia for, for a big chunk of my life. And um, reggae has been a big part of who I am and my family culture and how and kind of like a little bit of the love language between me and my family it is through like those reggae classics that I grew up listening to. But, but reggae has, you know, is definitely has a lot of homophobic undertones in it. So I want us to kind of reclaim reggae and make it super gay and super queer and have um, that whole fantasy uh, and, 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 and really go in on it. And I, I really love the record and it's like the perfect perfect intersection of like R&B, reggae, and just so, so, so gay. And we are loving that and loving that it is being released during Pride Month as yes. well. Yes, girl. Love like this, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does Pride mean to you? You know, Pride at the, at, at the base level for me, Pride is just liberation. I think that, you know, my first Pride, I went out uh, in, in full drag. It was the first time I ever went to a Pride. And to see like all these folk and all these people just leather, leather daddies, trans folk, black people, it, it, literally everyone who is under the LGBTQIA plus umbrella, just just being free and, and, and not being afraid or ashamed of doing what they do where they want to do it. You know what I mean? That that to me was so liberating to have that experience. And then to be, you know, in full drag while experiencing it for the first time definitely changed my life. And it just made me feel like um like I don't need to like what what other people I, and I literally have this tattoo in my tattoo down the spine of my back is what others think of me is none of my business and that's kind of where I like really felt that and so pride definitely has a big liberation vibe for me for sure yeah because it's it's really important a lot of people think it's oh look it's the parades and things have come on leaps and bounds right. because right. drag race is all over the world right. but there is still so many mountains unfortunately to climb Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and until 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 we're all liberated, then none of us are truly liberated. I mean, and there are still so many people in, in Eastern Europe and, honey, in, in in states in America and in in some parts of the UK, Ireland, places, uh, um, parts of the world as well, where people are still persecuted because just for being queer. So until we all have that liberation and freedom, baby, none of us really truly have it. Until you can go to any part of the world and love freely, then I don't think none of us really have that sense of that. I completely agree. And when we say love freely as well, it's love yourself freely. I think sure. that is the most important part. For sure, which is sometimes a pretty hard lesson to learn. And I think some of us are, my, well, some of us for myself, I'm still learning how to do that um, successfully and fully and properly. So it's kind of like a life journey, you know what I mean? Like having that, have, getting that love and feeling that love. And that's what a lot of the songs of the album I, I'm working on too. They, um, you know, it's very vibrant, very R&B. And it's just kind of like, uh, kind of documenting my misfortunes in love and um, what I'm looking for and what I want. And then, but more importantly, what has really kind of fucked me up, what I got from other people so um it's very it's an it's an emotional journey um in the album and i'm very excited for people to finally hear it in the fall well because i was i was going to ask you it, it is it is an ongoing battle that everyone has with themselves trying to love mm -hmm. themselves mm -hmm. how much harder is it though when you're trying to understand what's going on with you what's you know trying to assess what's going on in your mind how you're feeling and the world is turning around and actually saying 
it is wrong. It is, you're not for us. Like, I, I can't, I can't even begin to fathom what that must do to you. Yeah, you know, and 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 that is the that is a tricky thing that a lot of queer folk have to navigate is that feeling, right? Is like the world is constantly telling you that you're not um that who you are is not is weird and who you are needs to be fixed and needs to be changed and needs or you need to go to conversion therapy or what whatever it is that a lot of uh queer folk face. And so that's like the big thing of tackling that and but and and trying your best to not let it damage you mentally. And um, so, which I think makes queer people super resilient. And again, something that I saw in the pandemic is that so many of my uh, performing friends were finding these these like innovative ways to create space for themselves online and to make those their, their, their show dynamic. There was a queen, she lives in LA, her name is Godoy. And um, she did this number where she, um, the, the camera starts just like going all over her place and looking for her. And then the kind of the, the the camera goes under the kitchen sink and it opens and she's in this like huge cockroach costume and she does la cucaracha, and it's just like and, and I don't know that that's like a small tangent but it's just like it, to me it shows how innovative and and despite what everything the world is telling uh, drag performers how the you're they're not really performers or what is telling you you're queer but to still persevere and to still be so dynamic and so radiant and to still uh uh create and be innovative in spite of all of that i think truly is fierce oh completely and can i just put out there now anyone listening you are enough the world is so much bigger and brighter because you're in it being you we love you for who you are for sure Monet, i cannot talk to you and cannot not mention the obvious RuPaul's drag, drag Race. <laughs> Can we just go back to the very, very beginning where you get that call? Because I know you auditioned for season seven and mm-hmm. it was season 10 that you were on? Yeah, I got, I, I'd been auditioning since season six and I got on season 10. So when yeah. you get that phone call going, this is it, you've made the cast, what is your initial reaction? My initial reaction is super nervous and I was, it was like this mixture of grateful and nervousness because I was like this is obviously a huge opportunity something I've been wanting for five years now but also like because Bob had already been through the process by that point and he I had seen everything that he's done everything he went through and post-show I mean a uh, uh, pre-show and post-show and it's a lot to be thrust into the queer celebrity circle I guess it's always weird to think of yourself as a celebrity but whatever um it's like to see yourself in that sphere and it's really tricky to navigate and people's expectations of you and what they want of you and what they expect you to do and the fandom of draggers can be so crazy so I was super excited but nervous for all of the other things all the fallout from being on on drag race how did you cope with the fallout because you, you quickly became a meme, thanks to the sponge dress. <laughs> um, I got to it really well. You know, I, w- I would say like 98% of things that people had to say about me was super positive, but it's always that 2%, right? Those like, that, like, those like five comments you see out of like the million comments that really get to you. It's like, why do those five people fucking matter? Because they really don't. But it's just like you see them, it just sticks in your brain and sticks in your mind. So I had I had a really positive experience, especially from some girls I know who have such terrible ones. You know, you think it's people like Brito Filter from season 12 who had such a hard time after the show and um, really went through it. So 
I can't even complain. I'm super grateful for my experiences on the show and um and my status now with the show and how you know the show has gotten me to do the things that I've done. Like it has afforded me the chance to film this amazing video for um and also to 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 record the entire album to pay for the whole thing. So it's definitely I'm super grateful for the show because without the show, maybe I may not be talking to you here right now. I probably would not be, to be honest. Well, you would <laughs> you know, be, so but it may have taken a longer time to get here. A longer time, a longer time. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Let's yeah, go with because, that. <laughs> because you have it. Like, show or no show, if you don't have it, you can't make it. And you definitely have it. And look, there's so many questions people want to ask when it comes to drag race. I have one. <laughs> the question I ask Please. is, when you are assigned these tasks, right, going in, how much do you know about the themes? How much do you bring with you? And how much are you like, ah, shit, how am I going to do this? Because I think it is amazing how you turn something out of nothing. Well, you know, I mean, well, the show definitely shifted. Like from like, you think back to like season two, three, four, where they made like so many challenges were design challenges. You have to like create stuff and think of like, I feel like Roxy, I feel like in Roxy season, oh, Jinx, sorry, Jinx, well, the season Jinx won, but. I'm just like a huge Roxy Andrews fan. I love her so much. Um, they made like, I want to say they made like five or six cost looks like on the show. And that, that was different. Now you like come with these like looks done. And, um, but uh, yeah, so this, this, this show has changed a lot since then. So you definitely come with way more now. You come with way more outfits. And I'm also going through it. You just, I just know, I, I just like from the, the differences between season 10 and All-Stars 4, I just knew to bring like so much extra hair and so many extra costumes for different things. Whereas season 10, I came with exactly what I thought I needed. And then so when the judges tell you to change something, it's like, well, I can't leave or do anything and just have what I brought. So, but so, see, so also as far as running a lot of stuff. So if I got the note to change something, I had the the option to, and I and I could, and um, which I, I think caused me to win. And, and that was amazing. The win was amazing. But as a result of of Drag Race, as you've said, so many amazing things have come your way. I want to know what has been the most surreal thing. Like up there has to be sharing a commercial with Cardi B. Oh my God. Yeah. Doing the commercial with Cardi B was so fun. And um, it happened like I was, I was on like Christmas tour. So it was like, a, it happened on like a really busy time. I was like on tour and, and then I had left the, the tour for like one night to go do this other thing. Then I came back and I had to like leave that next morning to go do the Cardi B uh, Pepsi commercial. And it was just, it is definitely one of the highlights. One of the biggest things, honestly, I mean, I'm super grateful for and is um, sibling rivalry. Like Rob and I have this podcast, sibling rivalry, and it's become this like really big thing. And people are, they really love our dynamic and we, people love listening to it. And it's one of, you know, and obviously because Bob and I have been on Drag Race, it's definitely uh, uh, um, um, amplified our voices and and given us, a, and let us reach out and a lot of different people hear us. And the sibling rivalry is a really big thing that was birthed because of Drag Race, because it happened, Bob was away doing Angels in America and I was, my season was airing and I was traveling and stuff. And we just, and we're best friends and we just didn't have the time to chat and talk with each other. So we're like, you know what? We're going to schedule time to chat and talk. We're going to record it. And then we'll let people listen to it. And so that's kind of how the podcast was birthed. So if we, if Bob and I never got a drag race and we were never traveling and so busy, perhaps civil rivalry would have never happened. And how sad would the world be, you know? Exactly. And I love podcasts like that because it feels like you're in the room. It feels like you're that fly <laughs> on the wall. You shouldn't be there. But, oh, you're loving it. Yeah, and we, I mean, we argue ridiculously. We talk about we talk about the queer. We talk about everything from 
we covered the Black Lives Matter protests and uh, and racism in the drag fandom to why I don't like hugs to what do to like just the most random things. You know what I mean? So it, it just spans the gamut of a different from super serious to super frilly and ridiculous. So everyone gets what they want covered. But that's life. Life is a mixture yeah, for of sure. all of that stuff. Um, after the pandemic, yeah. you just said you don't like hugs. After the pandemic, is hugs something that you have been missing or are you thrilled for them not to come back? Uh, you know, the spirit of Bob was coming through me. That's Bob. Bob doesn't like hugs. I, I liked hugs. But I will say after the pandemic, I definitely will be a little more trepidatious with, 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 with hugging folk. And uh, hugs were never my favorite part because when you, do, when you do meet and greets, you know, people, everyone wants to hug you, which is fine. But sometimes people are super nervous and they're super sweaty. So you go to hug someone and then they put like their, and then you have like your, it, 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 there are a lot of awkward moments involved in hugs. So the pandemic would, post pandemic will definitely, is definitely lending itself to be a little more cautious with hugging, which yeah. I appreciate. I mean, Manet, the trick is hugs are only for those you love. I'm sorry. Even if you say, <laughs> look, I love you. I'm a fan. I don't know you. I shouldn't be hugging you. I should yeah, give you yeah. your personal space. Can we just give <laughs> Manet her personal space? <laughs> exactly exactly so any plan i know you're releasing uh, an album any plans to come to it here in ireland you know i will definitely be coming to ireland um the last time i was there was the love fest i think how long like ago was love- that oh my god i i think it's like maybe two years at this point so i've not been to ireland in a while i love ireland um, so I definitely will, you know, I love Victoria's Secret is over there. So I'm sure I'll plan like a little, a little UK tour moment and come in and, and, and definitely come to come out to Dublin for sure. Well, we can't wait to have you. And the boys are hot too. So definitely want to do that. They are. I married one of them. So yes, you, you are right. We are on the same page. <laughs> yes, well, for sure. Cannot wait to have you here. In the meantime, your new music is coming out on the 11th of June. I cannot wait to hear that either. Usually one of the perks of this job is that I get a sneak peek. I have to also wait. So I'll be counting down (laughs) until the 11th of June. Okay, perfect. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of it. Yes.